You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Love Talk Live. I'm your host, Jamie Bronstein, and today I have with me Kelly Henderson. Welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being on the show. So I was on Kelly's podcast, Velvet's Edge, and um, we just had such an amazing conversation. I was like, you have to come on my show. (laughs) Well, I'm so happy to be here. So you guys will see that I just feel like we we speak similar languages and it's always so nice because then the conversations get to be like really interesting and just not surface level. And so you guys are in for a treat because Kelly has a lot to offer. (laughs) Um, I'm going to read to you guys a little bit about her first and then we'll get into some topics and questions. So Kelly Henderson began her career in the Nashville country music scene over 15 years ago, orchestrating her impressive Ascent from ground up, working closely grooming and styling for country music heavy hitters, Dirk Bentley, Jason Aldean, Riley Green, and Jordan Davis, as well as media giants CMT, Billboard, and more. Henderson has established herself as a go-to resource within the industry. Henderson began offering an intimate insight into her work via her highly successful lifestyle blog, Velvet's Edge, which began as a place for her audience for her content and then her content expanded. Sorry, place for her audience that could find tips on fashion, travel, fitness, health, and more. I did not make this print bigger and I should have done that because I need glasses. (laughs) Here we go. As Henderson evolved, her content expanded. As she says, people aren't one dimensional, even though sometimes we try to live that way, she says. With an ever-growing demand from her invested online followers, Henderson has now launched an extensive extension of her blog in the form of a podcast of the same name via iHeartMedia. She uses her expertise and speaks from a decade-long journey in a 12-step recovery, intensive experiential therapy, and holistic modalities combined with her successful career as a tastemaker artist and stylist to explore the deeper inner working of humans, celebrities, and healers alike. The Velvet's Edge podcast normalizes hard conversations, taboo topics, and people's ever-evolving journeys while promoting healing, inner peace, and the road to a happy and fulfilling life experience. The podcast is built on Henderson's motto, everyone has a little velvet and a little edge. I'm just here to help people be comfortable with that and hopefully get on the path to living their best life. New episodes are released every Wednesday and Friday with Henderson leading the charge on Wednesdays on the velvet side of things, interviewing experts, celebrities, and spiritual leaders in line with each monthly topic. And she is joined on Fridays for the edgy part by co-host and friend Chip Dorsch to explore the lighter side of things, laugh, and connect with listeners. Okay, so this lady does a lot of things. (laughs) It's like gives me so much anxiety to have someone read that back to me for some reason. Why? I think it's so interesting how um, I do do all those things, but there's something about like, I don't know, feeling seen or something in those ways. I'm like, ah, I want to hide. <laughs> so you don't have the feeling of, wow, look at all of this that I've done that I do. I try to. Yeah, I, I really do try to. That's something I'm working on for myself. Okay. And we're not going to make this into a therapy session. <laughs> about like self, uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I think this is actually really, this is very inspirational for people to see this because people assume that somebody in your position 
might be cocky, might totally. be, you know, but you're very modest and you're just very human. Well, I think it's all relative, right? Like I say this to people all the time, and that's one of the benefits of working with celebrities is that I get to see that they really are just totally normal people with exactly the same insecurities as all of us. And I think that goes for all of us. It's like, no matter what you accomplish in life, if it seems like a lot to other people, it it can be. And, you know, I want to be proud of myself, but there's always other things I'm chasing. And I think it's, it takes a real practice to sit in the moment and, and feel a sense of accomplishment. Yes. And I hope you do that once in a while. I really am working on it. I promise. <laughs> this is a good reminder though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know what you're talking about when, when someone reads my bio, sometimes I think it's that whole like imposter syndrome. Like I think, totally. Oh my God. Like I did all that. Like, yeah. Wow. I sometimes I'm like, wait, I'm still in seventh grade, but I'm in my forties. Right. Exactly. <laughs> How <did this> happen? <laughs> exactly. Okay. So tell us about your journey. I mean, I think you have what you do is so fascinating and your story is fascinating. So tell us how you got into what you do and then how did everything lead into your podcast? Well, I actually am from Louisiana. So I went to LSU and I have a public relations degree, which is really funny because it's not anything that I do now. But um, when I graduated college, that's, you know, I moved to Nashville to do PR in the music business. I loved the music business and um, really just wanted to be a part of it and came here and was not wired to do that job and quickly realized that it wasn't going to be a good fit for me. But I did meet a hair and makeup artist at that point and decided, you know, I've always been obsessed with red carpets and like visually just really, that was like the thing that set me off creatively, wardrobe, makeup, hair, the whole picture. And so I went back to hair school and decided that was the journey that I wanted to start on here in Nashville. Here in Nashville, hair, here. Yes. Um, <laughs> and by the way, you have amazing hair. So I hope you never Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So my question is, how did you, how did you get into the male grooming yeah. versus being a stylist for females? So I, I did work with women for the first decade of my career, and um, and I loved that. It was really great, and it served me really well at the time. What I quickly realized is that in this business, it really does help to have kind of your own niche, you know, because there's so many people doing the same thing. And um, I got really lucky and started working with Dirk Bentley, who we mentioned in my bio, but I was traveling with him and doing all sorts of stuff and um, kind of just became known around town for doing that. And so the benefit for me with working with guys is that I sometimes can do their clothes too. So it kind of gets, I get put in that place where I can do the whole picture, which is what I really, really like. And that is really rare. Like, I don't think a lot of people do that, but it's something that really challenges me. And um, it's what I love doing. I guess I'm ADD or something. I can't really focus on one thing, but um, yeah, I love it. And it really, it really has been a really fun journey. I've been really lucky with my clients. and. Probably, I'm guessing that overall working with the guys, it's easier, maybe less like diva stuff. I mean, yeah, they're definitely, like I said, I've gotten really lucky. So the guys I work with are awesome and just really kind people in general. But, um, you know, everybody has their stuff, like we said. So 
their stuff is different than a woman's and um, their insecurities are different. But most of the time it's like, they don't want to look too done up. So it's like finding that way to make them look like they just rolled out of bed, but they're also going to look really good on TV, <laughs> which is an interesting balance. But, um, but yeah, it's a lot less, maybe maintenance would be the right word or like time. Like we don't spend two hours, you know, doing hair and makeup. It's a little bit different, but it's just a different kind of experience, I think. And how do you get away with the whole, because you put makeup on them. Yeah. How do you just like put like, you just do it so lightly and then like, we're done. Well, I think it's about, you know, all my guys are on the road all the time. They're traveling, they're not sleeping, they're drinking. And so it really is just making them look like their best selves. And just like we would imagine they normally look, but they're tired and life is hard on the road. And so, you know, they have under eye bags or breakouts or things like that. So it's just about making them look like they have really good skin and really great hair and they look cool and they feel good. Well, your future husband is very lucky. <laughs> Not that he's going to put on makeup, but like, right. I mean, you have, the, you have the, the nuances, the specific things that are good for men. So when he goes out, when you guys go out for dinner, he's just going to be like, yeah, you would think that, but it's funny. Like I actually have a lot of guys who are kind of intimidated because they think I'm analyzing them. Like if we go on a date, they're like, are you judging what I'm wearing? Oh my God, does my hair look okay? And I'm not thinking about that, you know? Um, I mean, I guess it's a lot to say I'm not thinking about it. If they have terrible style, of course I've noticed, but most of the guys I end up being attracted to have good style anyway. And so, um, yeah, I'm not judging it. I want everyone to feel like themselves or feel good in their own skin. Do you ever say, I just leave my work at work? I'm not working now. That's a good, that would be a good statement. I'll like, I'll, I'll adopt that one because that's the truth. You know, like it is a job like anything else. You don't see an accountant like crunching numbers and they go home for fun. <laughs> so sometimes I do just try to, you know, turn it off. I mean, I used to get the same thing when I was dating. A guy would be like, are you analyzing me in the psychological? Yeah. Way? And I, I would say, I put so much effort into my work when I'm on a date, I just want to be here. Yeah. And I actually have no desire to analyze you. Right. I don't. And also at the beginning of relationship, like, I don't want to know like big, happy stuff. Anyway, let's just have fun. Exactly. And you just, yeah. I mean, you do it all day. You just want to go on a date and have a good time with the guy. Enjoy myself and see if there's a real connection. Yeah. That's what I'm really looking for. Yeah. You're not looking for new clients. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like the guy's going to be like, wait, are you, is she using, is she using it? <laughs> like, is she pretending to, you're pretending to like the guy just so that you can get more quiet? No, I'm good. <laughs> that would be an interesting show. Um, okay. So let's talk about your healing journey. Cause I know you talk about healing a lot in different yeah. ways and, and what started you on your healing journey and what can you tell the viewers and listeners, um, just about things that have worked and, and what you believe in and things like that. Sure. I mean, I think that it's a huge part of now what I do for a living too, with the Velvet's Edge podcast. And, um, also when I did have a blog back in the day, kind of what I would talk about there. And I think having a career where you're so focused on the things on the outside, like clothes and hair and makeup and all that stuff, it was really satisfying for me, but I'm also a person who wants to dive deeper and the insides are really where I find true beauty. So 
Um, things for me shifted probably about a decade ago. I um, was in a relationship. I was actually engaged to be married and um, found out three months before the wedding, he had been cheating the whole time and called off the wedding. And it was very dramatic and painful and one of the most trans- transformative times of my life, but mostly because of what came from that, which I obviously now look at as a huge blessing, but um, it really started me on this path to recovery and digging deep within myself and really carving out, you know, kind of the life that I want and who I want to be and um, the things that I'm interested in or drawn to or fascinated by and the people who I want in my circle And all of that came from heartbreak, but it did start me on this healing journey. And a lot of that has come from painful, intense therapy experiences or 12-step recovery, like I talk about in my bio. And now it's really shifted to a lot more self-love and my healing my relationship with myself and um, kind of, you know, even the steam, thinking about like the fact that when you're reading my bio, I was like, ah, I'm cringing and wanted to die. But like, yeah, just that. And really like leaning into um, owning myself a little bit more and owning my own power and energy. So it's looks like a lot of different things. And I've pretty much done every sort of healing experience, therapy, whatever. Like if, if any of my friends is curious about something, they call me first because they're like, what is this like? Have you done tantric breath work? Have you done acupuncture? Have you, you know, whatever it is, I've pretty much tried it all. So um, it's been really cool, though. It's been a really amazing journey. Well, I was I have specific questions about okay or, um, about modalities and stuff. However, I just want to acknowledge you and commend you because not everybody decides to go on a healing journey. Yeah, like, your life could have been really different, but there was something like I don't know if you give yourself enough credit. There was something inside of you that said no, like, I don't want to let my past dictate my future. And you did something about it. You yeah. knew that, that you knew you were connected enough with your worth inside that you knew that there was more. So I just, I commend you so much. It's hard work. It is hard work. To me, it's, it's become the most rewarding work because I've seen the other side of it, you know, and I like myself so much more as the person I am now. And because I have these tools than I did before, Um, but you know, the journey to get there is not easy, like you said, and, um, thank you for saying what you said. And I do have to credit my parents a lot because they went on their own healing journeys. You know, my dad is a recovering alcoholic. And so when I was eight, he got sober and started in the whole process of 12 step recovery. So it was modeled for me. And I just think that's so important because I knew where to go. Like I knew that there were ways to change and evolve and grow And um, to do the work, to really expand. And that, you know, that was what they gave me through that process. Wow. Well, thank you to Mr. Henderson. (laughs) (laughs) I'll share the episode. I mean, seriously, to to do that is such a gift. Yeah, it really was. He's come on my podcast and talked about his whole journey. And it really was like the most healing conversation um, so if anyone's struggling with an alcoholic parent or partner or anything, that episode is really great just because I think that is very common and it's a really, it can be a really shameful thing to talk about, but it also can be the most amazing healing journey if you let yourself go on it. And how connecting and bonding that is for you and your dad 
Totally. Yeah. Our relationship has grown in ways that would not be possible without either of us getting the help that we needed, you know, just even learning how to communicate and open up to each other. Yes. Yeah. I mean, probably for so long you were closed off and maybe felt alone. Totally. Yeah. All those, whether you're on, whether you're, um, have an addiction or not, just when people are in that place, oftentimes they feel alone. And so when you start to heal and you start to talk and you start to bond, you just, the love is, is there. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, I could talk about that. (laughs) Um, so what would you say has been not like, what's your favorite healing mode? But what, I mean, in a deep way, like what do you feel has been the most impactful modality, healing modality that you've, you've experienced? I don't know that I could pick one because they've all served such a purpose at the time that they were there, you know, and, and even though like some of them, I'm not, I don't actively do therapy every week. Like I was for a while. Um, I do talk to my therapist to check in and do regular things, but um, and you know, the same with 12 step, but I so needed those things for so long to set me up with a certain foundation. Um, and kind of now it's, gotten a lot more spiritual for me, I would say. And meditation has become a huge part of my practice. I used to hate to meditate. And I was like, oh, I'm just not good at that, you know, but now it's like, I crave it. I crave the breath work and how it feels in my body. And um, anything that really, I would say, soothes my nervous system is something that's really impactful for me because I can err on the side of like an anxious type. And so especially with a business and a job that is just kind of demanding and um, could breathe the overworking and abandoning self consistently. It really helps me to slow down and stay in touch with myself and really calm myself and have those tools. And so meditation, breath work, um, even astrology, you know, things like that are things that I really tap into now. Um, And it helps just to be really in touch with myself. So let's say you're having like in the moment, in the middle of your day, you are, your nervous system's going crazy and you're aware of that. What can you do and what can you tell people that they can do in that moment when they can't go meditate for half an hour? Yeah. I mean, I I love breathing. I worked with a woman here in Nashville. Her name's Amy Barnes. And she taught me, like, I didn't realize how much I was just clenching constantly and not actually taking deep breaths. It was fascinating to me when she actually taught me how to fully get a breath into my body and then fully release it. And that, you know, really lines your chakras up and um, is such a big anxiety release. So you can do that anytime. Like our breath is our power because we have it with us at all times. So those are things that I would do. Um, Also, you know, I think since COVID, a lot of us are working at home still. And and I know my office when I'm not on set is here at my house. And so a lot of times if I spend all day in my house, it can get a little dark. It's like not good for my nervous system. So even a 20 minute walk outside or really just sitting outside and actually getting some vitamin D, like that is so, 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 so important. And I think we don't talk about that enough. Getting a good night's sleep, like people say it, but you're like, psh when you're busy, but that, that is huge because the less you sleep, I mean, the more your anxiety is up, the more stressed you feel, the more pressure. So really being kind of militant with my sleep schedule. Um, I'm not a good sleeper, so I have to be really, really disciplined about it. And that's 
also something I've really learned to value as I've gotten older. So what time do you go to sleep at night usually? I try to go before midnight, but if I can do an 11 and then wake up at a 6.30 or 7, I'm great. You know, that schedule is really good for me. Um, it's not always feasible, but that that's typically the goal, I would say. Do you drink a lot of water? I drink a ton of water. That's Ooh. a huge one. I'm trying to lay off the coffee. That's what, that is my crutch. Okay. It's like the biggest drug. <laughs> but um, yeah, I do drink a ton of water and that's really great. And beneficial too. That's probably why your skin looks. <laughs> anybody who's listening, her skin looks amazing. Thanks watching, you can see it. Thank um, you. So as you're talking, what I'm thinking about is, you know, that these things you don't have to have a million dollars for. You don't, have, no. you don't need money to breathe. You don't need money for water. You don't need money for the sun. Mm-hmm. So that that and. And it's so true. People don't realize how beneficial those little things can really be for your life. Yeah. It's, and it sounds so basic. So you're just like, what? That's it? That's what she's going to tell me to do? But it's interesting because it's also the thing that we let go of first or we leave first. You know, I feel like I, I'm the type of person where I leave myself before I leave anyone else. Like, it's just like I abandoned myself to get work done. So it's always serving other people in some capacity. And that's how I found a lot of my worth for a really long time. And it wasn't until it kind of blew up in my face and so many things fell apart that I had to really pay attention to those patterns because it's just, it's constantly going to take you down and your life does become completely unmanageable, you know? And so really going back to the basics of sleep, or if it's a 20 minute meditation in the morning to like start your day connected to yourself, for me, at least that is like the biggest game changer. And that's not to say I haven't spent thousands of dollars in therapy. <laughs> I mean, when I like go back to it, but I'll, I keep saying to people like therapy is expensive, but for some reason, it's like the one thing in our culture that we've decided like, oh, that's too expensive. I'm not going to invest in, but we'll invest in going to the gym we invest in Botox or, you know, anything like on the expensive dinners. Yes. Expensive dinners. And it's like, all of those things are great. But if your mental health isn't in line, like you're going to end up falling apart anyway. So none of that stuff matters. So to me, it's like the one area where I really see the return on investment truly. And I think it's kind of funny that we skip it, you know? I mean, as a therapist and a coach, I obviously could not agree more. And it is so amazing. People will, they'll pay their doctor millions of dollars They'll or to go on vacation for my mental health, you know? Yeah. And yes, vacations are important. However, vacations are just a band-aid. Therapy and coaching and doing that work to heal whatever you need to be healed is that gift that keeps on giving because it's the greatest gift that you can give to yourself. I agree. And I, I do think if you start investing in it, it ends up benefiting you in the long run because one way or another, if you're going through something and you're not dealing with it, it's going to come out. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to come back. Yeah. Yeah. I had to learn that one the hard way, but it's just how it works. Well, it's like, so in my book, I have, I have a dating persona and it's called The Repeater. And that this can be for dating or for anything in life. It's exactly what you're saying, that if you don't look at something, it's not going to go away. It's going to show up with the next person, the next person or the next job or, or whatever it is. So 
And in spirituality, it's called, um, sometimes it's called stackers because things get stacked up. Sense, yeah. So if you don't unstack it, you know, then it's just that heavy, the heavy weight and, and it doesn't go anywhere. It's just, it's like, I'm, I'm back. Right. I mean, I made the mistake a lot in relationships of just picking the same guy. They all looked different. They had different faces, but inside it was a similar dynamic that we had at least and so if you don't heal it like I just sometimes wouldn't want to deal after a breakup like it was like keep it moving you know but it just you just pick another one like it's exactly the same thing and it's the same wounds and until I healed those within myself I was going to keep living the same life and same relationships so you you healed your inner repeater I hope so. I mean, I guess TBD. Well, I'll keep you posted. No, no, but so you got to put it out there that you did. Okay, I have, you're right. I have healed my repeaterness. I really do feel that though, because even, you know, now I am single. I'm not in a relationship, but I've been dating and going on dates and doing the apps and all those things. And I, it's not that I haven't met the same type of guy. You know, it's like my kryptonite almost. I feel like myself being pulled to it. I know the type. It's very attractive to me. I know the feelings. I'm just making different decisions versus like getting and staying in a relationship with them. And so it does feel different. And I do think a lot of that has to do with the relationship I've developed with myself and knowing like, I can't keep living. I mean, it almost killed me the last relationship. And so I'm just like, I can't do that anymore. Yeah, you deserve more. You you're showing the universe and the guy that you respect yourself. You yeah. demand more. Yeah. And the thing is, like some so many women that I work with, they feel like they're asking for too much. And when I'm asking for too much, you're just asking a man to respect you, prioritize you, love you, and see you for everything that you are. That's never asking for too much. I used to feel that way. And I'm getting really clear on the fact that I just asked for basic relationship needs. <laughs> yes. Basic. And if you can't do that, that's okay. Like sending you love and light on your journey. Uh, I'm not going to try to change you or teach you or mother you or any of that stuff anymore. But like, I, I know how to show up in my own life and I know how to show up in relationships and I give a lot in relationships. And so I don't want to be with takers anymore. You know, I want to be with another giver and another person who's meeting me and wanting to show up in a relationship in the same capacity. And it's no ill feelings. I used to feel really angry at men. I don't feel that way anymore. I just feel sort of like it's not worth it to me at this point in my life to invest so hard in something if it's not being matched. And otherwise, like I'd rather just be on my own because I have a great life. And also, thank God you don't have that anger inside because yeah, law of attraction, having that anger was not going to help your manifesting journey. I agree. And I saw that play out. (laughs) So I had a lot to release there. Yeah, for sure. Because if you were focused on that, that's what the universe will bring you. So I need all this stuff now. Well, it's that thing where it's like, you have the narrative in your head. I'm like, all men are assholes. That used to be a narrative. And I would then get in relationships where they don't seem like that at first, but then it always plays out that, that they would be acting the same way. So I was like, oh, see, they all are assholes. And it was just like really, you know, making that narrative true. My, I think it's called cognitive bias is what we do with our brain. But, um, but yeah, it made the narrative seem true. And the reality is, is no, I just kept picking the same types of men to make that narrative true. And now I'm not willing to do that in my life anymore. Well, and what I say is it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy 
Right. Because whatever you're focused on, the universe gives you. And it's so backwards. You're like, wait, but I didn't want that. But actually what was going on is that you had the fear of it happening. So since you're on the fear of it happening, it happened. Right. And I think there's like this scarcity thing with women too. Like we kind of go, oh, well, there's no good men out there. So I got to grip onto this one. And then we get scared that we're never going to find it. But like you said, if we're leading with fear then. And so you're only drawing in that like the the exact narratives you don't want to draw in. And so I really keep trying to live from the place of like, there is such a huge world out there and it's so abundant and you know, the right person is going to come at the right time. And I don't really have to do much more than that other than believe it and and go out and take the next right step. Yes. And definitely do the steps in my book. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did just think of, I'm going to have to check in to see if he's seeing anybody. I'm not naming any names, but there is, there is a possible match for you. And I feel like he would be a match for so many reasons. And he lives, I'm not going to even say where he lives, but he lives in a city that is like similar-esque to Nashville. It's a cool, fun city with like a, (laughs) anyhow, um, so I can check in with him that. and we can talk more about this when we're not doing a, a live show. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go back with how this plays out. <laughs> no, yeah, no. yeah. And then you'll come back on the show with him and then I'll be like the rabbi for your wedding. Perfect. I love it. I'm not a rabbi. <laughs> you guys aren't Jewish, but <laughs> anyhow, I don't, um, but yes, I, I'll sing a song at your wedding. I can do that. Perfect. Um, Okay, so I love that we're having fun also because it's so important to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like with the heavy things that we're talking about, there's also, it's like the yin and the yang of life. It's there, the darkness and light. The There's, with all the heaviness, there's also a lighter side. And to have a sense of humor on your healing journey is so important. Right. I mean, ultimately too, it's like if we don't feel the super dark times, then I don't think that we're capable of feeling the true joy that is out there. Like, that's been my experience, at least. I have felt more pain because I've opened myself up, but because I let myself feel it, my joy has gotten immensely greater as well. So just knowing it's, and it's always, the pendulum's always going to swing back. Like, even if you're going through something so hard, mm-hmm. it will swing back eventually. You just got to give it the time and do the work. Yeah. And everything is a season. Totally. So nothing lasts forever. And so you might as well do that work so that you can have less bad, negative, hard seasons in your future. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Well, can you please tell us how people can find you, website, Instagram, podcast, everything? Yes. The podcast is called Velvet's Edge, which, um, again, I have new episodes that air Wednesdays and Fridays every week. And, um, I would love if you guys join, subscribe, follow, do all the things because then you'll be the first ones to get each episode, um, on Instagram, which is kind of the only social media platform that I do. I just cannot manage more than that. Um, it's also at velvet's edge and that's velvet with an S edge. So that's me. That's where I am. Okay. And so if somebody wants to be a client of yours, they yeah, reach out on Instagram. That's the best way. I'm not always taking new clients, but 
Um, but yeah, you can always, my email is on my Instagram page. So okay. that's way. Yeah. And yeah, or if somebody had a question about the show, exactly. email us. Yes. It's, um, it's info at velvetsedge.com, but you can also just click the link on my Instagram page and find us there. Yeah. And you guys definitely check out her show because she delivers such amazing content and just, I mean, I can't say enough about, about your show and, um, and especially just thank you for your vulnerability and just being honest. And because that is, that's what inspires people when you're, you're just real, you're relatable, you're human. So very human. (laughs) I'm definitely very human. And thank you so much. That means a lot to me. You're welcome. And work on the whole, this is what, this is your homework. I want you to read your bio every night. before. Okay. okay. I will take that. That is good homework for me. I, I do need to work on that. In a month <laughs> now, you're going to be like, yes, of course. Not in a, right. self, a self-full way, not a selfish. Just, yes. yeah. And I worked hard for all of it. Yeah, I did. That is true. So you're right. I will definitely work on that. I'm going to take that homework. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And as always, everybody can find me at therelationshipexpert.com. So thank you, Kelly, for joining us today. And everybody, join me every week. Love Talk Live, LA Talk Radio at 2 p.m. Pacific. Thank you so much. And everyone has a wonderful night. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio.